imagine you're a scientist, one of the most respected scientists in your field, whether it's physics or whatever it is, right? So you're a scientist and you have a bunch of scientists of colleagues that you work with that are also considered some of the best in the country. So just imagine that for a second. You then get called by the United States Air Force to attend a classified meeting having to do with non-terrestrial metals, all right? So metals that are not from this planet. You go to this meeting, you then present what you think the possibilities of what this metal could be are, and then you find out after the meeting that you were not presenting your theories in front of the United States Air Force. You were actually presenting them in front of agents, intelligence agents from the CIA pretending to be Air Force members. And then you think, holy crap, what, what the hell's going on here, right? And then a couple years go by, right? You know, everything is kind of, you know, calmed over. You don't get called for any classified uh, briefings again or anything like this. And then you find out through another memo and document that those were not even CIA agents. These were intelligence agents without a name working for private contractors above the United States government posing as CIA agents who were then posing as United States Air Force members or soldiers. Why is this? It is a multi-layered protection system. So in case one of these scientists started to talk and something got out, they would be completely fooled. They wouldn't even know at the time and even later who they were presenting in front of. All right, so we have so much to cover here that that's just the beginning of this whole uh, this whole presentation. So before I do that, I just want to give a quick shout out to a few people. Raul from Mexico, brother, thank you so much for watching. Astral Energy, I want to thank you as well, my friend, for helping with some of the information in this episode. And Chris from Australia again, because you know you guys have been so great with some of the research you've been sending me that I cannot uh, take all the responsibility for myself, uh, especially when I didn't do it. Now, the six eyes. What exactly? Do, does the six eyes stand for so the six eyes before I give the meaning of these uh, these words here these letters there's six islands that are scattered across the world and I mean if we take a look we could see that China's been building islands and things like this it's been a very secretive subject but I mean again Al Bailek has spoken about it if you if you believe his testimony about time traveling and things like this but the point of these islands is to be able to transcend a multi-dimensional cosmic ascension and descension in order to be able to obtain some type of perspective that would allow for there to be a cosmic balance in accordance with some of the agendas that these other ET races have. And I have the documents to support this. Now, the E stands for ecbatic, which means formulation of something without the desired result being disclosed. Okay. The next word is yardlands, obviously just, you know, land, literally establishing cosmic solutions. So that's what eyes stands for. Now, before I jump into this, I want to mention, because this is very important to the story, the scientist, Carl Sagan, a lot of people know him. A lot of people say that he's been kind of forced to ridicule the whole UFO community and aliens and things like this just because he didn't want to receive criticism from his peers and become discredited, right? I want to mention something very important. And this is according to many people, Jacques Vallée, you name it. These guys know Bob Lazar. Carl Sagan went to NORAD. And if we take a look very quickly here where NORAD is, what we're going to see here is that NORAD stands for North American Aerospace Defense Command. NORAD is responsible for ensuring that there, if there's any type of threat in the air, it has to be identified and it has to be established. Now, Carl Sagan goes to NORAD and he says, I want to see your files on UFOs. And they say, we don't have anything on UFOs. Carl Sagan goes, what do you mean? People see them all the time. 
like eyewitnesses. You're telling me with a multi-trillion dollar air defense system, you guys don't catch UFOs? They said, well, we don't call it that. We call it UTCs, uncorrelated technological, I, I forgot the last, I think classification. He goes, oh, okay. He goes, can I look up on your database what ETC, um, uh, UTCs are? And then the soldier who's speaking to Carl Sagan goes like this, as if to say, if you look this up, I didn't see it. I'm pretending not to see it. He looks it up inside NORAD's database, at least the database he was given to search. And he found that there's roughly, give or take every month, 10,000, just in the United States alone, 10,000 significant images and tracers and UTC spotted in the sky. And then Carl Sagan says to the soldier, why don't you guys report this? Why don't you talk about this? And the soldier says to Mr. Sagan, well, we're told to ignore those. Really? You're responsible for defending the United States and all of the air system, and you're told to ignore 10,000 of these flying things that you have no idea what they are. You're told to ignore it at all costs. Really? Okay, so anyways, that's, sorry if I'm getting a little bit hyped up there, but anyways, let's just, uh, <laughs> let's move on. So, what we then need to look at, before we move on to the real documents of what's going on here, is the Kashmir effect, or the Kashmir effect, depending how you, uh, you pronounce it. So according to Wikipedia, in quantum field theory, the Kashmir effect is a physical force acting on the macroscopic boundaries of a co confined space, which arises from the quantum fluctuations of the field. It is named after the Dutch physicist Henrik Kashmir, who predicted the effect for electromagnetic systems in 1948. In the same year, Kashmir, together with Dirk Polger, described a similar effect experienced by a neutral atom in the vicinity of a macroscopic interface, which is referred to as the Kashmir-Polder force. End quote. Now, long story short, these things are able to include retardation due to the finite speed of light. This is according to Wikipedia. And if we look at this, we'll see they have no positive or negative charge. Very similar to something that I was talking about the other day. Oh yeah, ghost particles, right? And so you might say, Dave, what's the purpose of explaining this Kashmir effect to us? Well, let's take a look at these islands and let's first establish what's going on here with this document here called the Pulsar Project. And I would like to thank you guys for those who sent me these documents. You know who you are. Without you guys, wouldn't be able to do this. So this is a not a declassified, sorry, a leaked document from the Westchester camp in New York that is connected to the deep underground military base. Now, if we take a look here, we'll see code Aramis V, ADR3248T. And if we look at these letters and symbols, these symbols are actually a mixture of human and extraterrestrial language because throughout many, many years, and I'll get to this shortly uh, later in the episode, humans and extraterrestrials, believe it or not, have actually established their own language in order to communicate more efficiently because as humans have learned, those who have been given access to the ET biological entities that are living among us, the English form of communication is very, very slow and things like this. So let's take a look at page 54. And if we scroll all the way down to 54, what we're going to see here is that, yes, I am skimming over and I'm putting the pictures up on the screen right now, pictures of what this document describes to be certain alien beings that they are working with. But what I do want to discuss here is very, very significant because it has to do with these six islands that are being created. So let's take a look. And I quote, non-hostile ETI motivations, ETI means extraterrestrial intelligence, human perceived neutral and ETI perceived positive observation activities, basic research activities, sample and data collection activities. Now, non-hostile ETI motivations, human perceived variable may be positive, neutral and or negative 
but perceived positive, limitation of nuclear containment of space, protection of non-Earth civilizations from human aggression, human genetic research, preservation and experimentation, limitation or containment of space exploration, pending human evolution to world peace, unity and non-aggression, end quote. Now, here's what's very interesting. These ETIs, certain, uh, certain ones that look very similar to humans, have top-level security clearance. All right, above the Q level, and I know that's got to do with a certain conspiracy theory that it's got nothing to do with QAnon, by the way, um, have a clearance of a Q level because Q is the highest citizen classified access level you can have until you get above the intelligence level to the contracting aspect. And what happens there is that they are then given blueprints of these planets, uh, sorry, planets of these islands that are meant to transcend and multi-diversify, multi-transcend the ability of multiple layers within the space-time continuum that do not defy the laws of physics as we know it, but they bend the laws of physics through the Kashmir effect and through the ghost particle effect as well. Now, what I want to jump to here is something from a colonel, Philip J. Corso, lieutenant colonel, all right, and he wrote a book called The Day After Roswell in 1997. Now, for those on YouTube, I'm putting the picture up right now, and you might have seen him before in quotes saying that he knows that a lot of the fiber optic technologies and all that come from reverse engineered uh, technology from the Roswell crash. So he wrote a book that talked about certain things, about how he encountered a lot of these beings and how they're actually living among us, some of them in camouflage because they look differently from us, some of them looking almost identical to us, but being substantially smarter, stronger, being able to live longer and all that. But his book, the English version, was censored by his publisher, and the publisher could not give the reason to him as to why. And he's saying to the publisher, I wrote this book and brought it to you. You're censoring the English version, and you're telling me that you cannot tell me why? And the publisher then replied to him, we're, we apologize. If you don't want this published, we're going to have to let it go. If not, you have to deal with the censored version in English. Now, if you read it in other languages around the world, it is not censored nearly as much, but still censored. However, the gentleman is... Um, is passed away now but in his book he speaks about how china and russia and the united states have been working together since after world war ii to create these islands that oversee different aspects of earth that literally stabilize not just the core of earth but also give the ability to present stargates wormholes and things like this in a controlled matter through the use of cern and harp now, you might say, Dave, where is the proof for this? What the hell are you talking about, right? So, let's jump to this next document that was obtained. You can find it online. It's very difficult, but you can find it. Defense Intelligence Reference Document, unclassified for official use only, December 1st, 2009. Now, there's a lot to look at here, but I want to jump to page 7. So, let's take a look. They explain here that, and I quote, Tra traversable wormholes are creatures of classical general relativity theory, allowing for very comfortable travel through the cosmic neighborhood. But from the viewpoint of modern physics, the, the cosmic neighborhood can encompass other universes, other space dimensions, and other times beyond the four-dimensional space-time realm. Mankind has certainly not discovered all of the universe's facets and will need to continue to construct new experiments and technology in order to verify or not these undiscovered facets. Wormholes can possess normal or backward motion through time and normal or non-existent stresses on space through travelers, their entity exit openings, spherical-shaped, cube-shaped, generic-shaped, and so forth, end quote. Now, I just summarize that a little bit but the whole point here is do you see what they do when they declassify these documents and then make it very hard to find they throw in these sentences as in well it's not been proven yet but this is how it works like really are you kidding me 
right and so what we'll see here is that these six islands are used to not just stabilize earth's core as well that help keep the underground military bases and places like agartha that you can get access to through antarctica stable and intact but at the same time, it also allows for wormholes and stargates to be used in a very controlled manner above high electromagnetic frequential vibrational frequency ranges above water, where places like Atlantis used to be, where places like the Bermuda Triangle now are, and many different things like this. And so if we take a look at all of this, what we're going to notice is that when we look at, for example, General Corso's book, he mentioned that there were certain metals that were shot off in 1952, that when those UFOs were flying over the Capitol, or I believe the White House, and these metals were examined very carefully. And thanks to Jacques Vallée, one thing that he has said that he personally can attest and confirm to, now whether or not you guys want to believe him is totally up to you it's not for me to say however he said the magnesium oxide within these metals was altered at such a molecular level that it is not possible to be done on earth and if it were to be possible it would cost billions upon billions of dollars just to do a microgram of this but this all of these metals have this type of molecular reconstruction again very similar with what bob lazar has mentioned consistent with no rivets and just strict straight curvatures of the craft this could be a form of true nanotechnology that harnesses spirituality ghost particles and the cashmere effect to allow for these types of metals and elements whether natural or not to transcend multiple dimensions and this is exactly what the six eyes island is composed of all right so when we look at all of this, what we need to understand is that there is actually a difference between the highest level of government and the highest level of clearance. There's a big difference. That's why when the president goes to Area 51, for example, he's considered a VIP. That's why when senators and things like this try to look into the UFO subject, they're constantly the intelligence community, but specifically the private contractors are using and changing different names and acronyms constantly in order to mess with people, create disinformation campaigns, and things like this. Because it's so right in front of our faces that if anyone wanted to look into it, they truly could. Because at the end of the day, you don't need to be someone within a respective field of academia to understand and learn these things, right? And this is why a disinformation campaign is so important. You throw out real documents like this one, as I just mentioned, but then you throw in subtle sentences to say, well, you know, it's not proven, but we, we, can, we just showed you right here how it works. You know what I mean? And then you have these patents being filed that hint at this. And so it's a combination of a misinformation psychological warfare campaign in correspondence with some truth being put out in order to drop seed us and prepare us. Now, when we look, for example, at these islands being built, I'll put the pictures up right now and the articles as well. China has been building artificial islands and they've been exploiting COVID as a justification for this. Now, this connects back to Project LACE, which is low-level uh, augmentative crossbreeding experimentation, which is a partnership between the US and China to do these things. And not only that, but these experiments are occurring on these islands that are even more isolated and that NORAD is told to completely dismiss like i said earlier and on top of all of that they transcend multiple dimensions that harness stargate technology to control these wormholes that are multi-dimensional which is why when people see ufos and they suddenly disappear it's not always because the ufos shot off at light speed in a lot of cases that is the case however what about pictures that i'm putting up right now for those on youtube of ufos literally seen going through portals now again yes the images could be fabricated i'm not naive but too many eyewitnesses have come forward that we have to take this seriously at this point right and when we look on a public level 
for example, that when people report these things and they get ridiculed, we can understand why they get rid, why they don't keep reporting and coming forward because they're tired of explaining things and being laughed at, literally, right? So I want you guys to let me know what you think, what you think of these types of islands, whether this is some type of overall positive ability, if this is something that is being used in order to, I guess we could say, present a sort of curated and controlled militaristic form of space, um, of space travel and space control on our home planet to show these ETIs that we are okay to travel in space. Because again, when we look at what's going on with these islands, what we're going to see here is that it starts to seem to me at least more and more like these humans, these governmental operational human beings, our, our politicians are trying to prove to these ETIs, extraterrestrial intelligences, that we have the ability to not make war and not do war just for the sake of fighting and to be peaceful. But again, this goes against the military-industrial complex's entire agenda, but we'll see what happens. So please, guys, I want you to let me let me know what you think. There's so much more to cover here. I was thinking about splitting this episode up into a few different ones, but I figured I might as well cover all of it in one shot. So thank you guys so much for watching, and we will catch you tomorrow. Cheers.